Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Indeed, it's my privilege to stand before you once again to share God's word. Let us wait upon the Lord what God has for us today. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we praise you and we thank you for the time that you given to us. Thank you that you, we sense that you are in our midst. Though we are in a different location geographically, but Lord in spirit, in faith, we are together waiting upon you for your word. Let your word has its purpose in our life. At the same time, Lord, give us the attentive here to hear your word and be blessed by your word. In all things, help us to glorify your name. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Today, the topic is doubts. And we know it is a very common, whether it is a believer or unbeliever, and uh, everyone experience doubts in our life. When I look at the dictionary, what is the meaning of it? I came to understand that as a noun, doubt is defined as a feeling of uncertainty or lack of conviction. The verb form of a similar meaning is to feel uncertain about. Doubts are a normal part of our lives and we live with them most of the time. Doubt will likely come to all believers at some point of their journey. Doubt is natural, but what to do or what we do when their questions grip into our faith. So what do you know? Indeed, doubt can be destructive if we do not deal with it. Doubt can be destructive if we do not deal with it. In Lamentation 5.20, we read, why do you forget us forever and forsake us for so long a time? In Psalm 13, 1, Psalm 13, 1, <coughs> sorry. In Psalm 13, 1, we read, How long, O Lord, will you forget forever? How long will you hide your face from me? So these are all, there are many scriptures. So first of all, let us see what are the possibilities or the reasons for doubt. Doubt may be, as I said, defined as an uncertainty of belief or lack of Confident in something. Applied to your Christian life, doubt refers to a 
unbelief in God and his word that Christians occasionally show. If it is possible, or it is possible, that in a moment of sickness, a Christian may doubt the existence of God in spite of the fact that it is not reasonable for a person to disbelieve this obvious truth. Yes, in this season, very specially, people are doubt in the sense, otherwise you put it as an understanding, have questions why it is, how it is. So that is almost equal to the doubts. So Psalm 14, word 1, what says, the fool has said in his heart, there is no, no God. They are corrupt. They have done <coughs> they have done abnormal works. There is none who does good. So what it says, only fool says within him that there is no God. So what we understand when a moment of sickness, it is possible for a Christian also to have a doubt in his life. Secondly, a Christian is more likely to doubt his salvation after sinning or after a spiritual defeat. A misunderstanding of such verses as 1 John 3, 9, what it says, it contributes, contributes this doubt. Whoever has been born of God does not sin. That's what the scripture says. Whoever born of God, he does not sin. Father says, why? For his seed remains in him and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. So according to this scripture, a believer cannot sin. But if he does sin or continue to remain in sin, his salvation is always questionable whether his salvation is true. So it is a crucial to note that this verse speaks a lifestyle of sin, not instances of sin. That means it is a, in the word speaks about is a no more or what, what it has been saying and uh, whoever has, has been born of God does not sin. That is a lifestyle. But if he is not, he is a questionable. Thirdly, a Christian may also doubt God's sovereignty or his goodness. We always say, you know, as a believer, we always say and we believe and we confess number of times that God is good. And we experience God's goodness. No doubt about it. Yes, it is true. That shows that how much we are confident in our God, how much we know him closely. But in some circumstances, as sickness, as I said before, sufferings, injustice, 
opposition, economic problems, family problems, or national calamity, or in fact, unanswered prayer in our life, a Christian may be tempted to doubt the goodness of God. It is practical and it is possible. One must remember that it is not always possible to discern God's good hand in the affairs of life. The person of faith believes God even when circumstances appear to be contrary in his life. A true believer and he always experiences even the circumstances can change. God can change our circumstances. That is not going to remain with us forever. So because of these circumstances, we cannot have question or about the sovereignty of our God. Fourthly, all doubts may be traced ultimately unbelief in the word of God which confirms beyond question the existence and uh, extents and the character of God to view doubt as a sin of unbelief and then confess it to God as a sin is therefore the first step towards conquering it. So what are the possibilities? A moment of sickness, or a salvation of after sinning and the sovereignty of God when the circumstances changes and unbelief in the word of God. These are all the possibilities or the reasons. Secondly, let us see what are the sources or the foundation of doubt. Abaguk chapter 1 verse 2. O Lord, how long shall I cry? And you will not hear? Even cry out to you. Violence and you will not save. Lamentation 3.8 we read. Even when I cry and shout, he shuts out my prayer. So here what we understand, the one of the first reasons what I wanted to bring it to you is Satan, as all of us we know. One of the most potent source of doubt is introduced in the early chapters of Genesis. It is Satan himself who causes Eve to doubt God by questioning his word. That we know from Genesis chapter 3 verse 1b. He questioned Eve. As God indeed said, you shall not eat every tree of the garden. That is the doubt. Satan even tries to get the long-suffering Job to curse. He also took permission from God to have made him to curse. God made a situation. Job 1.11, read that. But now he has Stretch out your hand and touch all that he has and he will surely curse you to your face. So Satan is said to be seeking 
they are devoured Christians. That's what uh, Peter says in 1 Peter 5.8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So Satan, it is not only in the early stage of creation and after as he tempted or tested even Eve as well as doubted, made doubt and also to Job and even today he continues his process. So this statement must be taken literally but means that Satan wants to devote the Christian's commitment to God and testimony before others. One way he does this by introducing doubt into the mind of a Christian. So Satan is the first cause or the source of doubt. Secondly, the world system, the world system or the worldly wisdom is another source for doubt. Since it is, it has its own set of values and objectives that are opposed to God, it is also has its own worldly wisdom. That we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. So here, it is clearly revealed for an example. In the opposition of the evolutionary theory to the truth of the creation of men. So here, it says about the system of the world or the system of the wisdom, worldly wisdom. The same thing is said in 1 Timothy 6.22, 6.20. And 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 18 to 25, if you read, it gives a full picture of what is the message of Christ. So the message of cross, it is to the believer. What it says, the message of the cross is to foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us, as a Christian, who are being saved, it is the power of God. And it continues. And I will go to verse 22. For Jews request sign, and Greeks seek after wisdom. 23, we preach Christ crucified to Jews, a stumbling block, those who are looking for a sign, and to the Greeks, it is foolishness, those who are seeking wisdom. So it is clearly said, for us in this world, for anyone who doubt in God or have doubt in their life, the problem, the issue, the source is the worldly system or the worldly wisdom. So verse 24 says, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, 
Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. So far as, as a Christian, the word of God is power of God and the wisdom of God. So dear children, secondly, for the source of doubt is the worldly system. Thirdly, it is spiritual immaturity. Spiritual immaturity or inability. Probably the greatest source of doubt Christian face is simply their own spiritual immaturity. James traces doubting in prayer to double-mindedness and instability. That all of us know it is a common scripture. James chapter 1, 6 to 8. James is chapter 1, 6 to 8. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubt is like a wave of the sea driven and toasted by the wind. Whom he is saying about? The one, it is talking about our prayer life. Those, but let him ask in faith, with no doubting. He who doubts is like a wave to the sea driven and toasted by the wind. Verse 7. Let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. 8. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. The one who doubts is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways, though he is called as a believer or a Christian. Paul also explains that when Christian doubt sound doctrine, see about the, he speaks about the sound doctrine. It is because they are the children of faith and thus are easily deceived. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14. 4.14, Ephesians. We should no longer be children. We should no longer be children, toasted to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. So here he says about the childlike faith. Conquering this kind of doubt demands growing an obedient relationship with God. That's what he means it. That is, he says, we should no longer be children. We should be matured Christian. And we should not be toasted to and fro when hearing a wind of doctrines that is very, very easily available in this situation. As all of us having a online, attending many online services and many 
or hearing many messages. We should be very careful. And that's what it says about. So there are every wind of doctrines are there. So it is our responsibility to know what is right and what is wrong. And spiritually, if you are immature, or if you are a child, if you have only the childlike faith, it is possible. So that will be the another source. So there are three sources what I mentioned. One is Satan directly. Second is the world system or knowledge or the wisdom of the world makes us to doubt. That is more knowledge of the world. Thirdly, the spiritual immaturity, inability. These are all the sources for us to doubt. Thirdly, what is the cure for the doubt? Whatever I said was the causes and the sources. But what is the cure? The cure, there are three scriptures. I will read it for you. The first Kings 18.21, just you take it. First King 18.21. Matthew 6, 24 and uh, Joshua 24, 15. Joshua 24, 15. The cure, I'm not going to explain those things that when you come across, you will know. So it is all about the question. So how long will you father between two opinions? So is uh, what Elijah was asking. So when the people are could not answer, they silent. And in Matthew, and uh, no one can serve two masters. Jesus said, and uh, why you cannot serve both God and money? That should be one thing. So in that case, that is not stable. In Joshua 25, 20, 15, also I said. But as for he said to himself, to this people, but as for me and my household, we will serve the earth. Again, there is an option was given to them. So he asked to the Israelites, choose for yourself this day whom you serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But, he says, he, say, he separated himself. But, as for me and my household, ours, we will serve the Lord. So, the cure for doubt depends to some level on the things doubted. However, the real problem is not in the object doubted, but in the subject who doubts. Therefore, the following steps should be taken by doubting Christian. Number one, what is the steps to cure from doubt? Number one, confess the doubt to God as sin. Confess to God. Doubt is basically unbelief in God and his word, as we said, and it is therefore if it is sin, Romans 14, 23, but he who doubts 
is condemned if he eats because he does not eat from faith for whatever is not from faith is sin is paul is writing about eating the food and which was kept before the idols and here it is again comes to the point of our faith and doubts and the same way hebrew 11 verse 6 says is a very common one for us and it is impossible to please god without faith anyone who wants to come to him must believe that god exists number 1 number 2 he rewards those who sincerely seek him underline that those who sincerely seek him so what is faith and where we have faith our faith is not on the subject on the on the object but as the subject not on the things but in god our faith is here it says straight away it is impossible to please god without faith and what to believe in whom to believe in we what to believe we believe that god exists and he rewards those who sincerely seek him so god has promised us to hear our confession of even in the darkest unbelief god is there to hear us if you are sin we have to forgive we have to confess before him he is always ready to hear us and answer to us secondly study the evidence for christian faith so we know the faith comes by hearing hearing the word of god and the second reason or the point for us to cure for doubt is study the evidence for the christian faith christians have nothing to fear by looking into the facts from any source of knowledge and also the greatest evidence for the validity of christianity is the resurrection of christ is attested by many proofs among those who are empty tomb post resurrection appearance and the transformed disciples since the res resurrection is true it is always confirmed to everyone the bible is the our lord jesus christ is birth is death his resurrection is coming is the evident to us most of the people don't don't believe in that but we as a christian we have the foundation of our faith and our salvation is founded in faith our salvation is founded in believing the death and the resurrection and the coming of our lord so in that case these are all the evidence is there as a history but many people this since they do not know and they do not believe they doubt the christianity and also the salvation so if you are anyone as any doubt the cure for doubt is study the evidence of the christian faith first corinthians chapter 15 3 to 5 explains that how god he says that and how what he received 
and he has delivered to us and he says in verse 4 he was buried and he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures and that he was seen by cephas and then to 12 so the scriptures are the evidence for a christian faith so if we have lack or if we have doubt we have to look for the scriptures second thirdly make a make sure about our salvation make sure about your salvation as we said in the first the sources or our possibilities yes a salvation will be a questionable here as a cure we have to make sure about our salvation paul exhorts the christians to examine themselves to make sure they are christians or the child of god second corinthians chapter 13 verse 5 second corinthians chapter 13 verse 5 examine yourselves it is not somebody says we ourselves examine ourselves as to whether you are in the faith test yourself do you not know yourself that jesus christ is in you unless indeed you are disqualified in another version it says examine yourself to see if your faith is genuine if your faith is genuine test yourself surely you know that jesus christ is among you if not you have failed the test of genuine faith see brethren we are as we are about our salvation who will testify we ourselves will testify by our very living if not we ourselves will examine we have to test ourselves that's what the paul exhorts here the author of hebrew says move forward to further understanding he says in hebrew chapter 6 1 to 9 if we go through and he says about what and how so what just i will read one and two only hebrew chapter 6 one and two actually one to nine so let us stop going over the basic teachings about christ again and again let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in god what he says let us know or laid as i said before let us not laid on the foundation alone or may remain on the foundation alone we know the faith what are the important the fundamental things repenting and and uh, sorry um, um the baptism and the repentance baptisms and laying of hands and all these things are the foundations we have to move on move on and the salvation as i said faith is the foundation most of us if we remain only on the foundation 
if you don't grow if you don't build that is the that is the sign of your immaturity but what is expected for the cure we should sure about your salvation is it should be active and alive salvation from sin is by simple trust in jesus christ until you are assured of your salvation fourthly reason for cure faithfully study the word of god we have to study the word of god very faithfully roman 10:17 says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of god and uh, i need not explain that as further but more specially we must master the doctrines or the basics teaching of bible if we are to be stable and mature christian there are further references are here first timothy chapter 4 verse 13 give attention to the reading to exhortation to doctrine paul is exhorting timothy and he says in 4:16 take heed to yourself and to the doctrine continue in them and for in doing this you will save both yourself and to those who hear you so when you continue in remain in the doctrine of the word of god and you can save yourself and also save others that's what paul says our advice to timothy that is faithfully study the word of god finally the source the cure is to pray we have to pray the surest way to face doubt when they come to have an existence past of history answered prayers most of us prays with faith no doubt about it and most is the answer prayer no doubt yes indeed we are here to testify how god answers the more of us who sees god answer prayer the stronger that person faith becomes while the doubt becomes less in their life that means the more you pray the you pray you can see god answer the more you pray you can see more answers and you become strong in god and there there is no chance of having doubt in god so the doubt the having a doubt become very less or it may not be seen the one who prays more in faith in god psalm 77 11 and 12 what some says i will remember the works of the lord surely i will remember your wonders of old i will also meditate on all your works and talk of your deeds what a confident statement for even david is giving here it is always it shows that we have to remember the past when we pray remember the works of the lord and the wondrous works not just works and you meditate all these works and talk about it that will increase our faith so we have seen 
and you have said in the beginning that doubt is uncertainty of mind. Once again, as a reminder, doubt is uncertainty of mind. The common object of doubt recorded in the Bible or Christ's messiahship, people used to doubt about it, even the disciples, the Israelites, even still doubting about it, who is the messiah, and also in the world. The world is doubting about the resurrection and about the return. This is commonly recorded in the Bible. And the Bible also presents these four causes of doubt, as I said. One is Satan, unbelief, worldly system or a wisdom, and the spiritual immaturity. As we come to close this topic about doubt, and I believe many of you may have doubt about doubt, what I said now. And uh, is it maybe having some questions whether doubting is sin, whether it is forgivable, or is it not right questioning God? And you may have this, but there is a, whatever, whatever I said so far is one side of it. Let us turn to the other side of what doubt is. As we come to close here, there are other things as well. Other side of doubt and the questions we need to understand. Many people think that the opposite, doubt is the opposite of faith. <clears throat> How many of you believe that doubt is the opposite of faith? If anyone believes that, it is not. Unbelief is opposite of faith. Unbelief refers to willful refusal to believe. Unbelief means willfully refuse to believe. But doubt refers to inner uncertainty. Again I say, doubt is uncertainty of mind. It is not opposite of faith. Opposite of faith is unfaith. So many people, other side, many people think that doubt is unforgivable. But it is not. It is forgivable. God does not condemn us when we question him. How many of you believe that? Say amen to that. God does not condemn us when we question him. How many of you believe that? Amen. 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 That's right. Amen. amen. Why I say this? It is scriptural. Both. There are many people questioned God. People, those who are questioned God more, number one is King David. And secondly, Job. Repeatedly questioned God. 
but they were not condemned. God is. Let us believe that God is big enough to handle all our doubt and all our questions. Amen. God is big enough to handle all our doubts and all our questions. Amen. Right. Amen. Some people think struggling with God means we lack faith. But that is not true. Struggling with God is a sure sign that we truly have faith. Struggling, God is sure sign. The one who is struggling with God is a sure sign that we truly have faith. If we never struggle, our faith will never grow stronger. If you never struggle, the anyone who doesn't go through any struggles in his life, it is difficult for that person to grow stronger in his faith. It helps me now in this situation to understand. It helps me to think of doubt as a kind of immunization. When you all of us we are now very much talk about having a COVID vaccination, whether you had or not, first dose, second dose, this are going on. And what does it mean? What we understand from here, when I thought of this, just I relate it here. When you received your COVID, COVID vaccination, the doctor or the injection actually gives you a tiny portion of the disease. The disease is in, injected in our body. That tiny portion is just enough to activate your antibodies so that you have the strength to fight off the disease later. So when the small amount of disease is injected, that will activate the whole body and the antibodies and that will help us to fight against the coronavirus disease. In the same way, doubts or questions can actually end up developing a much stronger faith. It will help us to have the struggles, help us to have a stronger faith in God. If we face our doubt honestly, it is possible. Otherwise, it is difficult. Just as I said, David, King David, as the more the person who has a question, more question in God. Just some examples. Chapter th Psalms 13. See the questions. In one, 13, 1 and 2. What are the questions? He asked, How long, O Lord? See how many questions? Five questions in the two verses. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long will my enemy triumph over me? In verse 15, verse 1, he says, Lord, who may dwell in your sanctuary? Who may live on your holy hill? 
verse 18, 31, he says, For who is God besides the Lord? For who is the rock except our God? Verse 20, chapter 24, Psalm 24, verse 3, Who may ascend in the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in the holy place? Who is this king of glory? Verse 8. Who is he, this king of glory? 10. When 27. Whom shall I fear? 27.1. Whom shall I be afraid? So there is numerous number of questions. Keep on, he was asking God. So he was not condemned. In the same way, as I said, Job. Job 3.11, wherefore was I born? Job 9.2, how can man be just with God? And 14.14, 14, if a man dies, shall he live again? These are the questions placed by Job to God. So they were not condemned. Let us move on to some more examples. Just I cannot explain it, but very briefly, because of the time. Examples of doubt in the Bible. First of all, Abraham and Sarah. Genesis chapter 17, 15 to 21. The one who was called father of faith, the one who was called mother of nations, what happened to them? What they did? 15 to 21. God also said to Abraham, as for Sarah, your wife, I read the scriptures, 15 to 21, you are no longer to call her Sarai, her name will be Sarah, I will bless her and I'll surely give you a son by her, I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations, kings of people will come from her. See the response of Abraham. Verse 17, what he did? Verse 17, Abraham fell face down. He laughed and he said to him himself, will your son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? And Abraham said to God, if only Ismail might live under your blessings. He was asking. See, we believe, the Bible says, Abraham, father of faith. Sarah, mother of nations. They have doubted when God directly spoke to them. They were not condemned. They were not punished. Indeed, God was true in his promise. He fulfilled it. Secondly, in the New Testament, John the Baptist, Matthew 7, Matthew 11, 1 to 7. Again, I will not read the whole, just I will read the content of it. You know about the John the Baptist, he was in prison. And he knows about the promise, the prophecy about Jesus Christ. He is the Messiah who has come. And when John, the, the scripture says, when John was in prison, heard about deeds of the Messiah, the deeds, what he has done, and he sent a disciple to ask him, are you 
the one who is to come or should we expect someone else who is he john the baptist the forerunner of christ he knows about the prophecy he knows about christ he heard about his doing what he is doing and still he asked he doubted and he asked and he sent his disciple to christ what did he say what jesus said go back and report to john what you hear and see the blind receive sight the lame walk those who have leprosy are cleansed the deaf hear the dead are raised and the good news is proclaimed to the poor blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me see the reply and response of jesus christ to his the john the baptist as john disciple john's disciples went leaving jesus began to speak to the crowd about john what did you go out into the wilderness and see a reed swayed by the wind he asked his disciples third let us go to gideon in judges chapter 6 36 to 40 we know about him <clears throat> and gideon said to god he is questioning he putting a condition if you will save israel by and my, my by my hand as you have promised look he says i will place a wolf fleece on the threshing floor if there is a dew only on the fleece and all ground is dry then i will know that you will save israel by my hand as you said and it has happened and again what has happened you are saying gideon said do not be angry with me let me make just one more request allow me second time allow me one more test with the fleece but this time make the fleece dry let the ground let the ground be covered with dew that night god did so only the fleece was dry all the ground was covered with dew see he is a mighty man he is a leader and what he did so god was not finished he used him mightily so what we understand from here so this is what all about one more thing it is there are even uh, in the new testament in the the father of a demon possessed uh, son he is also he sent his he came to him and he the uh, just one verse i will read 23 jesus said to him if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes verse 24 immediately the father of the child <clears throat> cried out and said with tears lord i believe help my unbelief the other version the, the the good news says the father cry out i do have faith but not enough help me to have more i do have faith but not enough help me to have more faith so actually i thought of 
sharing uh, my testimony too. And uh, just briefly, in five minutes, I will tell. And uh, actually, most of the time I repeated that. I cannot just uh, go on with the scriptures and the examples from the Old Testament or in the New Testament or in the epistles. It's mine. As mostly I used to tell you people when you come to the classes, and uh, I do not know how many of you re remember, but when I came here, and uh, I was, I was uh, actually reluctant to come, or I refused to come to this land. And before that, I lived a life, always, never use ask questions to God, because I believe he is my God, he is my father, more than God, he is my father. Father knows all my needs or what is happening to his son. And it is not right to question him for anything. Whatever the struggles comes or even the sickness comes, I just, I simply accept it. It is not happened without you knowing. I accept it. I will go through it because you are going to deliver me. So this was my life. This was my own principle without any other supportive documents in that. Just I simply believe God like that. But when I came here, unknowingly, I repeatedly asked God, why you have brought me here? Why did you bring me to this land? My brethren, it is not one day or two days. This was my four months cry. I cried to the Lord. Why did you bring me here in this land? And one fine day, God answered all my questions. That made me to stay here. Initially, it was not my intention to come here. And just to please my parents and my sister, and to fulfill their desire, I was forcefully sent here. But when I came here, I was led to ask God question, why you brought me here? Because I have the reason at that time, because I was in a position, I don't want to, to explain all those things, but my question was not one day, it was more than four months. But one fine day during my encounter time with the Lord, God revealed to me and answered me everything. That made me to stay here in one place and continue and pass more than three decades. I'm going to for proceeding for the fourth one. And God has the purpose. God answered it. Why I have come. Since I asked the question, God, he has not punished me, but rather, even plainly telling you, before I am a Christian, I accepted Christ, I have not even baptized when I was asking. The first answer was in that question, God asked me to be baptized. And I baptized after that one year, then who I am, you are seeing me. So I don't want to go further, but I conclude. Questioning God, having doubt, if it is genuine, 
or for your better understanding for your growth it is not sin god will help us god will not condemn us doubt is natural for everyone but our doubt should not leads to commit sin our doubt or our question to add our knowledge about god and develop our relations in him and that will if it is lead as into maturity as a matured christian be make x makes us as a matured christian that is the purpose of it if that is the purpose we have given our sin many examples in the bible as a biblical characters started from even abraham and sarah and now we you know i leave it with you how god is in your life as i started in the second portion i said some people think that doubt is the opposite of faith it is not some people think that doubt is unforgivable no it is forgivable some people think that <clears throat> struggling with their god means it is a sin or lack of faith no it will help you to know him more and to grow in him more may god bless you all thank you amen thank you pastor god bless you and i believe today's message have uh, clear 